Well, sure, but imagine, if you will, something like the Drizzt stories, yeah, but directed by somebody who could direct action. You mean like Robert Rodriguez, who's awesome at it? Well, you're not going to get him for a TV show, but, I mean, because, you know, even if you could get into, like, you know, the guy who, you know, choreographed The Matrix and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, if you want to talk about a really great choreographer in terms of fight choreography. Like, yeah, the, the intensity of the, the problem is, yeah. I think you're fighting against, against, like, so much, like, established inertia in terms of, like, you know, the decision makers in Hollywood, like, there's there's this idea that, like, fantasy shows are always low budget, you know, always. And, like, Game of Thrones was, like, the first fantasy show ever that was, like, a serious... I, I don't know if it was actually, like, the first one, but it seems like the well, first fantasy show that was, like, a serious adult fantasy show with a big budget that looked, like, a really high quality. Happened. Look you know? what and happened. It was very... It was very successful, but like, but but that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to convince somebody to do like a TV show about Driz Dewarden and make it like really high high quality and put a lot of, of course, money of into course. it because right? also the quality is not necessarily there already in the same way that you know George R. R. Martin's style of writing. Yeah. But you know, just imagine. Actually, I was going to say The Wizard Knight, but I feel like that would be better as a movie, maybe two movies. I actually feel like. Gene Wolfe stuff would be better in that in in just simple films. Yeah. You know? um, can you think of anyone other than like Darren Aronofsky who could do it? Then for 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 Gene Wolfe. Yeah. David God. Lynch. Mm. Who could Does do he it? Still make movies? I don't think so, but I can't think of anyone else who's like as like weird enough. And random I mean, enough. I, I mean, Darren Aronofsky could do actually. Could do it aesthetically. No, no not Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Not, you're right. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. Tim Burton. <laughs> I mean, I think um, I think David Fincher would do an interesting yeah. job. Actually, I, I was I was trying to come up yeah. with a name, but I was thinking of David Fincher. I, I could see David Fincher. Um, doing it. you know what? This may be cliched, but Peter Jackson, you know, uh, he knows how to shoot yeah, fantasy. I, I guess mean, that's true. But what? All right. Well, let me just say. To what? Sam's point, it is true that there have not been many in the way of, like, big fantasy things, but there are things. I mean, think about Buffy and Angel. Those were things. There are, like, horror That's fantasy. almost like a different genre, though, because, um, because okay, Buffy... So you're talking about, like, horror? Is Buffy, Buffy... Like, supernatural? Well, on the one hand, it's horror and supernatural, but it also comes from this tradition of, like, teen dramas, right? Yeah. Which have like a totally different aesthetic to them, okay. and and that's really sort of that was Buffy's look was like the teen drama look, you know, in terms of its you know its budget, its its sets, its costumes, its you know like like the the just general sort of production values of the show were like you know I mean maybe maybe it was a little higher quality than like your average shitty teen drama, but that's basically what it was. How about the British show Merlin? Um, I have not seen any of it, so well, I can't really say. There was say. that miniseries on NBC, Merlin, which I kind of liked back in the day. Oh, yeah, that was the one with Sam Neill, but I'm talking yeah, about... Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I watched yeah. that. Uh, I remember liking it. I don't know if Sam it actually Neil. was. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, listen, you know, it had some... It had, I mean, it had held a... It had... Carter wasn't it. Martin Short, Short in it? He was. He was the worst part of it, but Sam he Neill played... He was the worst played, part of it? Yes. Sam Neill played Merlin. He was pretty great. Miranda Richardson played Queen Mab, and she was pretty great too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and yeah, Sam Neill was pretty 
Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. Pamela Bottom Carter was immensely understated, but she played Morley, Morgan Le Fay. Mm. She played Morgan Le Fay? Of course she did. That's like her role. <laughs> yeah, but Tim Burton did not direct it, so it wasn't like insanely over the top. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the Merlin show I haven't actually seen, but it's a more recent one. I think it... I don't know if it's still going on, but I know at least it had a, uh, a series, as they say in England, last year. But I did not watch it. It's certainly like a... It is a fantasy thing, but it's not the same level. But again, it's not serious, right? Like... Uh, no, it's like fantasy adventure. And I guess there is more... It's more of like a kid's thing. I think Merlin is a kid. I mean, if anything's going to come out of it, let's just say... Though it probably won't happen. Let's just say if something comes out of... Like you know, Drizzt or any of the the, the Dungeon Dragon stuff. Like it probably is gonna come. It's gonna have to come after. Come, it's gonna have to come after a series of good quality shows that are off of things that are of way better quality. Yeah, right. You know, already, you know, like it, it's just gonna have to be that way anyway. You know, um, it, so, but 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 I think it is, and maybe things are moving in that direction. I think it is kind of time for that. And and a lot of that has to do with just special effects. I mean, I mean, I think so things are moving in that direction in terms of movies. Like, if you look at movies like that's true, like the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, which like visually is a very pretty movie. Like, it doesn't look low budget at all. It looks gorgeous, right? Or um, I don't know the the what's the other one? Um, the Golden Compass, Ugh. right? Which I did not see, but. I, I can't. I don't know if the if the production values are quite on the same level as like the Chronicles of Narnia, um, but I I saw the previews and it looked pretty good. Um, but anyway, I think that like at, at least in terms of like big budget films, that the the values of like actually making something that looks really good, you know, that looks real, it doesn't look like crappy props like what we used to see on like you know. Hercules and Xena, right? Which is like my my sort of that's image right, that's of good like point. Well, those fantasy were... on TV, you know. Yeah, but that stuff was just campy. It was yeah, but all fantasy was campy. Yeah, Any fantasy on TV was campy. Do you think there was anything good about those uh, about, about those shows? I remember thinking some things were cool, but yeah, I... it uh, introduced a lot of young girls to lesbianism, <laughs> and they you know they were able to realize. Oh, they would have found out about that God anyway. Bless him. <laughs> no, but it is true that they definitely had a pretty significant uh, lesbian following. That's true. And that they kind like of a... teased it. I'm talking it, about Xena. Kind of, yes, yeah, specifically on Xena. I don't think any of that was <laughs> not, 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 not Kevin Sorbo. He didn't uh, turn Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yes, he wasn't a lesbian. No, but, I mean, uh, yes, he wore open shirts and everything. And he had a, he had, what the, what the hell was his name? Eolus. Who, well, you, you know, know, also went around shirtless, but well, no, they well, were... actually, uh, along those along those lines, it's interesting because Ryan Gosling was um was uh, was in the show Young Hercules. He was also on Love Boat: The Next Wave. But all right, uh, all right, all right. But uh, let's not get crazy, Benji. But uh, but it's interesting because when I started seeing Ryan Gosling, he started becoming a thing. I was like, yeah. oh, that guy. I thought he because I liked him. I think he's a good actor. I remember right. thinking he was he was kind of cool in some of these shows, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, that guy! Like, girls are into that guy. What, what what's his thing?" But like, you know, he's like one of the biggest sex i like like sex icons for like for like um women or whatever. And I was like, a "Young Hercules and guy from Love Boat: The Next Wave, really?" <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I 
Okay, so what, what do you think would be next for that sort of thing if it's going to happen? Because it, I think there's a likelihood it's going to happen in some to some degree next after Game of Thrones. So you're saying what's what's going to be the next great fantasy TV show after Game of Thrones? Fantasy or sci-fi? Uh, is there something that sci-fi has actually gotten a little? Sci-fi has also had Battlestar Galactica, which I haven't really seen. Yeah. It's had Firefly. It's had other things that so it's already gotten some legitimacy. But I, so well, I guess we should go to fantasy. The question or, is: Is there actually? A, you know, a fantasy series already existing that they can copy from that has enough of a fan base. Here's what's interesting. That's that hasn't not... been made into a movie yet? No. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a not made into a Jeremy, movie. Jeremy, you should say... Recently. Jeremy, you should, you should say that's not a children's one because a bunch of the children ones have been adapted at least into movies yet, you know, by now. Yeah, okay. So, what else could be changed? I mean, is, is there anything else... Tell you, the, tell you the truth, I think Harry Potter's not the worst option, but it's going to have to be a while before Harry Potter becomes anything, if anything at all, you know. Right. But, well, the, I don't know that there's anything that has the same level of popularity that Game of Thrones has, although it's actually gotten more popular, obviously. Right. I just well, don't, it doesn't have to just be a book. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Um, and maybe it would be in a, in a comic book vein. I was thinking... You know I, it would be I, crazy? Oh, go ahead, Benji, and then I'll say well, what I was thinking. Well, I, I want to say, but remember, and I've, I, you know, I've gotten disagreements with pretty much everyone in the world about this. <laughs> everyone disagrees with me about this, but, but I, I feel like Inception would be cool as a show, because I was disappointed as a... I, I wanted it to be a show. Like, I want to see it would their... It be cool as a show. You know? Yeah. Well, the p- thing that people disagree, disagree with you about is the movie, because you, yeah, think, no, it, you I, think it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. And you... <laughs> You basically said, this wipes out any good feelings I had about Christopher Nolan. Forever. And you like shook, you shake your fist at the sky. You take out your dreidel. Your, your dreidel. You're like, hey, Christopher Nolan, what do you think of this top? And then you stuff it down your pants. <laughs> A dreidel? <laughs> um, uh, what, you know what might happen? But that's it, an interesting idea. Because the dream thing, there's definitely room for interesting Oh, there's Story, tons yeah. of room. You could you could definitely make a, a great TV show out of out of Inception. Absolutely. All right. Well, here's another there's, there's option. Well, Sam was gonna say. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh, so I was gonna I was gonna say there's any number of comic books that right. could be turned into a TV series. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if anyone would want to make Preacher into a into a, a TV series because it's a little bit too. Well, they offensive for the sake of being offensive. Just like, huh? Well, they've talked about trying to make it into a movie. Trying to, I, you couldn't make Preacher into a movie. Like, it's way too long, and there's too much to it. You'd have to like cut everything out, and then what would be the point? <laughs> well, the the film rights were sold. I mean, it was like, what, like sixty something issues? Yeah, but it, it it basically right now, let's see. There was a time that HBO had actually tried to actually buy one. Yeah. But to buy the the TV rights? Yeah. But now, but it's been sold again. Yeah. Because HBO thought it was too dark and religiously controversial. It now, is. Now Columbia Picture purchased the rights in October eight, 2008, theoretically having Sam Mendes direct it. Maybe. Right. Maybe. That but that, that would be... Considering that, be that no one has written a new script, yeah. the old script, there were scripts that, that he himself had written, Garth Ennis had written. He wrote screenplays to adapt it. What about... How but, would you... you, you think whatever happened? 
you, you think it ever happened that the Matrix they'd have a revival of that? I was just thinking that. They have a good. show. It sucks. No. It, it, it sucks what happened with the Matrix, and I understand why. the The only thing though is that the Animatrix was awesome, but they tried to have that Matrix online thing, but it. Anyway, but a, I was going to give another example of something that could be adapted potentially yeah. to a TV show, and that is a video game. Oh. Like which video game? Before? Any video game. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. And that would have a market. Because, I mean, think about it this way. That's part of the problem with adapting video games to movies is that sometimes it's just, like, games are so long. Yeah. That you could never fit it. Like, we talked about, like, the Final Fantasy VI TV series before, or multiple movies, and sort of realizing this would work as a TV show. Yes, it would have to, it would take some work. Because obviously it is structured in a way that is centered around fights and with things that have HP you and could, stuff. But you, you could, could totally make you could adapt. make a Final Fantasy VI TV oh, show. Oh, I, I I I've had ideas cooking since I was a kid. <laughs> One thing yeah. I was thinking about. So so think think about this. I I, I kind of don't like putting this idea into ether, but I feel like it's it's thought of anyway. Not yeah, ether out, out there. But think about it this way. I was thinking to get around the whole monsters thing. That's an issue that you run to monsters. It would be kind of crazy and intense if in the world itself, one of the issues is that you're constantly dealing with monsters. And these towns are places that are bastions of, like, safety that sometimes they, the monsters can try to get into, but you can fight them off. And so that adds a whole level of tension to the whole world. Mm-hmm, you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I do. So uh, I yeah, think- It's funny because nobody in those games ever talks about how, like, Oh, it's so dangerous to travel, you know, because of the well, monsters. There's, there's like a like, little bit of it, but not in the same way. You can't like, travel from town to town, like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that I think that would be a way of getting around, and like, you know, and part of the thing is that also could explain. And you can still have magic, you know, and there you can still have all that stuff, and magic can deal with it for some time, and that's one of the ways of subduing monsters and all these things. But there's a lot of craziness to the world. So I think that would make sense, and that would heighten the drama in a lot of ways. And then Final Fantasy VI it just has such a great, um, you know, right, ass, right, yeah. So well, I mean, there's all sorts of things. I've actually read some people. There's at least two or three efforts I've read of people trying to write a story out of it. Um, sometimes it worked better than others. No one ever completed it, but that ever I saw. I've also seen terrible adaptations, unfortunately. Of course. But, you know, it is. It does have to be a thing because you know you have to sort of change the way you think about how the game would work because you have to turn it into. I think it would make sense to do it in a way like George R. R. Martin does, where you switch between perspectives. Yes, and here's here's the other here's the other piece to it. I think that um one of the things that's been lacking almost always actually with Final Fantasy, which I only realized later, is they need to have better dialogue. Because well, the, the, there's the, the, another problem, which is, if you, at some point in the game, when you can start picking other people, like you could have like a party of a lot of people, and you could choose who you want, that's when it gets complicated, because then what are you going to do with all those characters? Just have them sit wait behind? I don't even know how you would deal with that. Like, well, but in a TV show, you you could make it work because you wouldn't have all the show all the characters appear in every episode anyway. 
you know, no, so you would you have like parallel storylines involving like different groupings of characters, and you know, it would. I the think other it could thing work. is, they really could. It, it actually kind of makes sense if they were all to travel together in certain times, like specifically. Um, well, I guess it made sense, but I, you know, one thing I've oh. seen I think would be really cool. You mean you know, like if it, the land was dangerous and it was too dangerous to go alone? Take yeah, yeah. There's that, and there's also like like you know, Final Fantasy. Um, like in Final Fantasy VI, you know the battle that they have when they're trying to get to Bannon um, in in Narsh, and you yes. have to fight them all off. Like you need all the all the people there, and you could have in the sidelines. You could have like the people of Narsh who are like you know, and some of the Returners sort of fighting behind the scenes. But but it also makes sense that a lot of these people are like world class fighters or have something to offer. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, I mean, if you think about it, they all have like their own skills. I mean, you know. It make think okay. So think about let's think about this for a second. Obviously, Terra was trained to be a super soldier. Yeah, so she is a super soldier. So you so you don't, you don't really need to do anything further. She's just like ridiculous. Like you know, her, you, it does make sense to say like her instincts are just impeccable. You know, she's you know, that's kind of what her thing is. She was raised from a little kid, from a baby, to become like a perfect like ma- you know magitech soldier. Mm-hmm. And so somebody like Locke, he's been around. He's probably a decent, you know, like fighter, but like he's yeah. about he's the quick. sneaky stuff. Edgar probably isn't. I wouldn't call you know. To, I would see him sort of like as a the foppish kind of fighter, you know. Yeah, he, he probably, like a noble, as a as a, as a but, king. He he was probably trained basically, but of course we have all his tools and his weapons. Yeah, but the tools yep. is what's interesting because that's that's how you could even the playing field. Obviously, his brother, the martial artist. Right, is just obviously a really good martial artist. So and that's Cyan, a, Cyan was the you know Cyan was definitely uh, he's definitely like the head knight you know. Well, yeah, no, I mean we saw. Well, that. he's that really he's thing. like a samurai type. Yeah, he is. Of course, oh, and uh, Celeste Celeste is a but, and I, I think well, Celeste, she's another she's a Celeste soldier. She's a general. Such an interesting character, and I was like thinking about if there was like a tort like showing the torture scene because they have it actually in the game. It's not a lot, but that really makes sense. It's like. Locke like saves her, and it's the whole thing that she's like, and she even talks about it in the game. But you whoa, know, she's... whoa, whoa, whoa! Spoilers. <laughs> nice. <Sorry. laughs> it is technically spoilers. Okay, okay, okay. But Jeremy, quick spoiler alert, please. All right. <laughs> the <Da-da> spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So, so I mean, the thing with Celeste, it's really interesting that that creates a good dynamic because also she is a badass general. And she spoke out. Like, she's not just a little damsel in distress. Right. Like, yeah. So that would like, be, like, an interesting thing because they have a couple of flashbacks here and there. But you could do more flashbacks if you had a TV show. And mm-hmm. having something with her, sort of having her see, like, how, you know, the Emperor is clearly going for power and, and letting Kefka kind of run over things. Okay, okay. So, so, so here's... Maybe, I, maybe, oh, you know what? It would make sense if... She was feeling bad about Terra because she realized that this girl is being brainwashed and she's not doing it of her own free will. And when she tries to do something about it, she gets like you know. Well, okay, okay. I think it wouldn't make sense if she were if she were totally like if she were totally like just a Terra thing kind of. Because I feel like it would make sense if they were doing that with multiple people. Mm-hmm. Maybe Terra was one that got away or with her first one or whatever. But she was outspoken about the whole project. So first of all, there's that. There's her tur- her torture scene. Could be pretty powerful, and then also she. Um, the other thing is General Leo is also interesting. He's kind of like the Ned Stark 
in a certain sense that he's super honorable. And here's what I was thinking. What the Empire might offer, because I was thinking, why would people join the Empire? Yeah, you could say they take over. But plenty of people are within it. I was thinking there's maybe kind of this whole, like, Nazi-ish in the sense of, like, in the sense of, like, giving people power and and this whole idea of they, they're able to expand and defeat more of the monsters, you know what I mean, that are plaguing the world. You see what um, I'm saying? So, like, if they're, if they're like, this, this, whole, this whole Empire and they're, like, we are strong, we are, we are these... Um, we're we're taking we're reclaim we're claiming our land. Um, join us. The problem is, of course, they're corrupt and people get oppressed and blah blah blah. But it, there's this pull to join the empire, and maybe Leo, it really believes in a lot of the ideals. But then you know he sees what what happens, and Kefka's just fucking nuts, you know. So right. So you know he is. He is. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, okay, so. It's interesting because I, I I told you before about how there was this um, what do you call it uh, there was one um, video on YouTube that tried to do casting. Now they had interesting choices that I don't necessarily know that I agree with. Um, I don't know if you want. I mean, I guess I could share it to you later. Um, it's a video because it has everybody from all of the games. But we don't need to see all that. I'm just talking about Final Fantasy VI here. Jim Carrey is Kefka. Okay, so so the I thing about the thing I about I don't Kef- know if what I think of that or not, but that would be kind of Jim Carrey. I don't know. He could probably do it. The thing about the thing about the thing about Kefka. It's interesting because he's kind of got. I think people would very easily, especially in the wrong hands, they try to make Kefka into the Joker. Which he kind of is, but he's not quite. Yeah, polite. that's part of the problem is that Jim Carrey kind of did that a little bit too much as the Riddler. I think it would be better as a more subtle, crazy performance. I don't know who's best for yeah. it. Yeah, okay. So but... I I think Kefka would be really good if he wasn't always acting crazy, he could be cold and calculating, then all of a sudden this craziness came out. But not just craziness that's just like that's just like him being unpredictable where he gets this really fucking like sick... Like craziness to like well, like you know. I think if you, the, the I, important thing is he has to be foppish. Yeah, well, I think that's if he's not it, foppish, you know, you, have to, you know, just forget it. What's the point? What like why is he a fop? He's right. a fop because he's hiding who he is. Yeah, and also he's probably charming. That's probably the way he's gone to his top. Remember, remember, there's well, that yeah, scene in the game where he sort of talk. He sort of distracts you when you're looking in the jail cell, and he kind of tries to talk his way out of it. You right. know. Right. And what well, thing I think also what might be cool in the game is. One thing that always bothers me is is when, in adaptations is when they have everyone in a British accent. You know, I think Amadeus did it right in a certain sense where they just had everyone in their individual country's accent except for Austrians. But <laughs> but 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 still, I was thinking like Bannon, and it sounds kind of Celtic. Like he could be like Irish, and that kind of makes sense. It's like, it's like an Irish name. Yeah, yeah, and like and think about it, being like an Irish like like an IRA sort of guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like kind of like an Irish rebel. And it would sort of make sense, and you know he's kind of a badass. Right. He is a badass. That is one good thing that Game of Thrones tried to do as a TV show is to try to make it that you had different accents, yeah, at least of England. And, and, and right. to be, to be like told you know, making Southern England versus Northern England, you yeah. know, at least that's something. And, and to be to, to be honest, I mean, he did base it in a lot of ways off the War of the Roses, so it kind right. of so sense. it's not it's not totally ridiculous. Um, but so thinking about the the Final Fantasy VI thing. I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff that you can do. One of the best things about Final Fantasy VI 
is the way that they screwed themselves over for all future games. Because they had the perfect middle, like the midpoint of the game when, you know, the bad guy wins. He takes yeah. over the world yeah. in the middle of the game. Yeah. And that kind of screws over them in the future because they can never do it again without ripping themselves off. They already had the perfect idea. And they've yeah. never been able to top it with any of their future movies. And the, the best music overall. So. Well, that's true, but that's just kind of incidental. I think, yeah. I think some people would probably claim that Final Fantasy VII successfully did something similar but different. Of course. It, it, well, they, it was a, uh, it's an interesting idea about the Sephiroth, but it's not, it's not the same kind of idea. But not, not specifically that, you know, with anything, you know, that... I'm talking specifically about, you know, and now we need some spoilers again, as if anyone, like, is going to be spoiled from Final Fantasy VII. But, um, spoilers, you know, when Sephiroth kills Aerith in the middle of the game, and she's dead, um, you know, that that was like a shocking moment in the middle of the game where you kind of feel like you, you lose something important and there's no way to stop it from happening. Yeah, it was um, like an advanced version of General Leo. Right. And there were enormous amounts of rumors online that you could bring back General Leo if you, like, did something specific. Like, if you went around Kefka's Tower a hundred thousand times. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there was something like a thousand times or six. times. The only times. thing you learn is there's that one forest where you get the Economizer and you fight all those Brontosaurus. Well, well that one's real because I've I never got the Economizer. But anyway, oh, my point on, is just Sam, that... Why did you get the Economizer? I tried. <laughs> I know you I did. Killed, I, know you I did. killed a bunch of brachiosaurs or whatever they were. I know, I know. It's and like it's a low you percentage. Had too many friends and you had a social life. That's what. It was. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I spent a lot of time trying to get that economizer. I just never got it. I got it like on the second time, and then I never got it again. Well, so, you're too yeah. busy getting laid by the cheerleaders at Hebrew Academy. The <laughs> cheerleaders. That's right. Yes. All of those cheerleaders that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we that's totally a joke. Cheerleaders. That's a great Final joke. Fantasy. That's a great joke. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, like, I, I feel like Final Fantasy VII actually did manage to achieve something at least similar in that it was, like, a shocking moment in the middle of the game where you kind of yeah, feel okay. like, like, you know, like you lost somehow, even though you did everything right. Um, but, but yes, they, yes. The, 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 that was really something unique that they had in six that that they couldn't really duplicate without, like you said, just ripping themselves off. Yeah, and then it made sense to do the whole, we have to gather everyone else together, let's find everyone yeah. Because that's the only way we're actually going to beat this guy. Because yeah. we can't do it by ourselves at this point. Like, you could go to Kefka's Tower like as soon as you got the airship. But you'd lose if you tried. And, they had, they had multiple and that, like, like the, um, when Kefka, when they're on the floating continent and Kefka, like, switches the, sh- the statues of the goddesses. I, I Am I even remembering this right? Yep, yes. you are. Okay, so around. he moves, he... he Moves them out of balance or something. Yeah, that was and, the whole like, point. And like destroys, you know, ruins the world or whatever. That would be an amazing like season finale for a TV show, right? right? Oh, wouldn't it? It would be an amazing season finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, of course, here's here's an interesting question: How would you do the Celeste thing? Because remember, there's two ways that can go down. You can save Sid or not save him. And if mm. you don't. If you don't save him, she tries to commit suicide, but doesn't die. You know, because that would be really so. That would be a really awesome moment because what would happen is if she were like it would it would be another great way to reel in the story into a very into a very um like small like like a very closed uh, off point. You know what I mean? Because it's like these big events happen; it gets wider and wider and wider. The world gets straightness back to her, 
And the only thing that matters to her is, is just there. there's an episode or two where she's dealing with, with Sid, and she has this close relationship with him, and you really have, like, you have to have a really strong actor of Sid, obviously. Um, and she has this really strong relationship, and he's just this really this really great guy, and then he starts to get sick, and it's a sort of, like, you know, mini, mini film where, like, she sees him slowly deteriorate. And then if he dies, um, she has to deal with it. She's like, oh, and she, and she almost, like, kills herself, and that's her whole world. And then it's, like, the moment she has to switch, and that, that really kicks off that, that season, you know, second well, well, or third episode see, where she I, has okay. to find her friends. Um, I'm not sure if you remember, but what happens is if, if Sid dies, she jumps into the sea to kill herself. She survives and finds a bird with its wound wrapped by Locke's bandana. Mm. And that's, what, that's why she decides to keep going. Because yeah. she thinks he must well, still be like- alive because he helped this bird. Yeah. Yeah, or it doesn't even have to be his bandana. It could just look like his bandana. Well, sure. And she you know, I think that would be fine. It's like, a, you know, it's a sign that she's still alive. But, you know, it could be that Sid, if Sid is still alive, then basically he just gives her a raft. Right. So it's interesting because I think the first time I played, I don't think I saved him. Do you remember? I think I saw you save him. Maybe it wasn't your first time, but I do remember you playing and saving him. I think I just tried really hard. To save him. I think that's what happened. There's apparent... Like, did you know how to save him? No. When you were playing? I didn't know the secret, which is that you could look at the fish. Right, I just you kept can... giving him fish, fish, and I got lucky. I, oh, okay. I think, oh, you know what? I think I did know that the... the I think I realized... Either the Nintendo Power said, or I realized that the fast fish is what you needed to sort of keep him alive. Yeah, because when I played it, I definitely didn't know anything about, about like, the good fish, and uh, and he died... And it was sad. Right. But it's 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 a great, great game. And it's just an interesting story. Yeah. And the yeah. characters are all very you know interesting. They're all unique. You know, they have their own sort of interesting backstories. I think that, that yeah, you could definitely have an interesting show out of that. But... I mean, to tell you the truth, I guess probably what people would do first would be Seven. But I guess they already did the Advent Children thing. And here's the issue of Advent Children, which we also got to get to. Uh, one of the problems with video games, specifically Final Fantasy, is the problem with anime. And there are a lot of anime fans, and I, I always want to be into anime. I, I really want to. And I know you like some, uh, Jeremy, um, but like, some. honestly, it, it's just way too silly for me. It's just over the top. And that's, I think, what it ends up being in a lot of ways when you try to have these adaptations. Maybe it was just with Advent Children. But Advent Children wasn't bad, but still it was just over the top. Like, it was just... It was so much of that style. It was like it was just over stylized and all this stuff that had some emotional elements that were somewhat relatable. But like, I think you can do a, a, a like you know something dramatic out of it. And, I, and one, one of the things is is that Seven could do that. Seven did have the mood for it. All um, right. I don't think people would go towards Six because almost no one knows about Six. I mean, but that's why it would be so great. I know it would be surprise so many people. All the twists. So we just have to make it at some point when we're sixty. So I guess, I, I guess you're right. You know, we're gonna have to work on this when we're wealthy Hollywood producers. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna well, push this project through and put on YouTube or but whatever. It would be. Yeah, uh, I sure. mean, listen. You know, if uh, <laughs> if we could get enough people, we could definitely have like we could like make our own fan film of Final Fantasy Six. But you know, obviously, that would be pretty awesome. It would like you know, and it's one of those things like you know, there there would be so much you'd have to do. You'd have to get like some props. You'd have to do like some visual effects. Although you could do crappy visual effects and still be doing a decent job. You know, just good enough, I guess. Yeah. But you know, there's there's so much 
you know, there's so much like potential there. We it would be we'd probably we'd have to like write a script first though, because yeah. we don't you know that kind of needs to happen. You, we need to you need to figure out a way to turn it into a story that's not a game, because that's the key to making it interesting. And I think that's the point. You know, how do you turn a video game into a TV show? Well, the other thing is one thing that really I think I think that sort of like it was like trailblazing, which I think was cool, was actually what Sin City did. Because Sin City felt like a comic book. And I was yeah. thinking it would be cool. Maybe Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy movie, uh, movie uh, show doesn't have to do this. But it might be cool if, like, you really did present in a certain way. Like, um, uh, what was the name? Uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm blanking out the one with Michael Sarah where he played... Um, Scott Pilgrim versus Scott the Pilgrim. Like, if there was something, like, obviously not as, not as campy and as ridiculous as that. But, like, the character showed up. I guess it's so hard to not make that silly. The character showed up and you saw his name or whatever. And you he, could do he, that in a way that just, was more um, serious if you did it in, like, you'd have to play around with the aesthetic of it, but you could do that for some things, like with names. What you couldn't do is, like, the kind of sound effects in, in as words, like, right. the, like the old Batman thing, which is what they had in Scott Pilgrim, because they turned it into, like, they made it look cartoonish, essentially. And so, right. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of video game stuff there, too. But it was too cartoonish to be, you know, serious. But you could definitely have things. I mean, like if you you could it, it would, like you couldn't do things like a life bar because that would look weird. You know? No, you could, no, no, no. I you mean, you could do just things like hit points because you would you could you, you could just have it. like the threat of like death and being killed. Hurt. I, I think one thing you could have is they could still be killed just like anything, but there are spells to protect a little bit, and they could be healed. You know what I mean? I think I think that's that's what's that's something that could happen. Well, here's you know? how I would do it, which is just it's a it's a standard film technique, but it's if someone's going to cast a spell for the first time, mm-hmm. you could like freeze frame on it, and then have like a little description, like you know, protect, blah, and then then give a little description. Yeah, but that was tedious over some time. I yeah, think, but uh, I mean, you know, or whatever it is, like you, you could do like fast things with that. But, but also the whole thing of people learning magic and everything like that—that's a cool thing, you know. Because there are already some people who start lear- with learning magic, and maybe some people more resistant. Like, so for instance, you know, Sabin might be or Sabin, however you pronounce his name. That would he, make it more interesting. If he might be more resistant. Learn... Be like, be, be like, I don't need to do. I studied this for years. I'm a master. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would like, be more interesting if some people wanted to, some people didn't want to, some people wanted to but couldn't. Like Edgar, Edgar probably would love it. I feel like he'd just be like, he'd be like, yeah, of course I'm going to do this. You well, know, would, like, I think it would make more sense if he tried to integrate it with his machine well, stuff. I think well, there's a lot more you could he's do. He's just fascinated. I think way. he'd be fascinated by the function of it and by, by manipulating it. Well, yeah. I think I think you could if you actually started doing – this was beyond the complexity that they could do at the time, but I think if you actually integrated into the individual skills of the characters, it would make more sense, as opposed to just having you know spells that they could all cast the same way. Yeah, you know, yeah. like having. I think signs. I think if you were going to actually make make it into a story, uh, you would have to sort of de-emphasize the extent to which all the characters like spend a lot of time learning magic. I mean, I know that the espers are kind well, of important. That's what I'm saying. To like, the plot. But you know, you they can have, be important to the plot without actually like being yeah. the devices by which people learn to cast magic spells. No, but I'm saying like if you need to advance people's capabilities in the games, if you're facing off against greater threats, right. it could be something along the lines of being able to learn 
a way to integrate magic into what you already knew. Like, Sion is able to use magic with his sword play. But he right, can't, right. he can't, like, he can't throw a fireball or something. And then there's well. the whole thing with the, with the lore, remember? Because, like, you know, Strago actually has... Strago actually has magic, like he has old magic. You know, yeah, I, think, I think there's a lot. Well, we could, uh, we could spend so much time on oh, yeah, that. Of course, I, think, of I think we should probably wrap it up for now. Okay. Because <laughs> my, you know, we've we've gotten to a good point at this time. Yeah. Uh, there's always more we could talk about with adaptations. Maybe we could talk more next time. Okay. But I think this worked out pretty well. So I'm gonna say let's sign off. All right. You later. All right. See ya. Bye.